this summer at Holy Cross, we are diving into the book of Psalms. We'll be looking at the different types of Psalms and the themes that are contained in this book as a whole. We especially want you to learn about how we as believers can relate to the emotions in the Psalms and learn to pray through those in your everyday life. Join us now as we unpack another Psalm. Would you pray with me? Father, we do thank you this morning that you have sent your spirit to us to enable our worship. We now ask that you would enable us to understand and apply your word in our lives. And it is in Jesus' name that we ask this. Amen. Well, please be seated. Well, I am sure that you have noticed, uh, it feels like the last four or five years, it might be longer, there's been a proliferation of stickers on the rear window of cars indicating the driver's favorite leisure activity or lifestyle, preferred lifestyle. You've seen them, right? There's, they say all kinds of things like lake life, mountain life. Around here it says what? Salt life. So popular is salt life that there's an entire store in downtown Charleston devoted to salt life stuff. I mean, there's also signs for everything. If you go on the internet, if you like quilting, you can have a sticker that says quilt life, right? You could have single life. You could have Disney life. Lately, there's this thing called live aloha. I'm not sure what that means, but it's somewhat closely related to all of these different lives. Now, personally, I've thought about the ones I don't see, maybe perhaps the more honest ones. Where's the sticker that says couch life, right? (laughs) Or the one that says fried food on an otherwise healthy salad life, right? These are the things that reflect real life. For me, if I had one, it would read something like this. It's time to get off the couch and go for a walk life. But don't walk to the fridge because that's where the cheese is kept life. The who knew craft beer and ice cream had so much calories life, but not together because craft beer and ice cream makes a bad combination life. And why do they offer fried shrimp and oysters on top of an otherwise healthy salad life? There's too much in this life that tempts me far too often life. The I can't communicate with honesty all of the priorities and paradoxes of my own life on the back of this window because it is not large enough. That would be the start of my life. Now, when you think of your life, what would your sticker read? Would it read work life? Would it read worry life? Would it read insecure life? Would it read happy life? As we finish this sermon series on the Psalms, it's been a great summer. We've come to a psalm in which King David invites us all to find the peaceful life, the abundance life, the no-fear life, the life of rest. It is the future life today. Now, Psalm 23 is a psalm of confidence, and it tells us why we can have peace, abundance, rest, and a future. And here it is. We can live... Because the Lord is our shepherd. The sticker on the back of our cars should read, Sheep Life. There's not one actually there. I'm going to be designing one this afternoon and selling it on the internet. Um, I could not find one. What can you expect of the sheep life? Because that's what Jesus says we are. That's what David says he is. You know, Psalm 23 is one of the most well-known and well-loved passages in all of the Bible because in it we find 
ultimate encouragement, ultimate confidence, and it has brought Christians confidence and encouragement for centuries. I would guess that it's probably the second most memorized passage in all of the Bible except for the Lord's Prayer. It's routinely read at funerals because it gives us comfort and encouragement as we live, and it gives us confidence in our loved one's future with Jesus. And so as we open up God's Word this morning, as we work our way through Psalm 23, I want you to notice three things. Three things that David says that we can find in our Good Shepherd. The sheep's life includes protection. It includes provision, and it includes a promise. So we have provision, protection, and promise. Verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So the first thing, the Lord, David is saying that Yahweh, God, the one who created everything, that God himself is a shepherd which means that David, he is David's shepherd, which means that David is necessarily a what? Sheep, that's right. Now, see, he would understand this metaphor better than anybody because David himself was a shepherd. He knew how difficult and obstinate and prone to wander about the sheep were, how hard it was to keep a large flock together on the right track. But the Psalms, the Bible, and Jesus himself uses this metaphor for God. That Yahweh, the Father, is a shepherd. And Jesus, in John chapter 10, says about himself, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus and God the Father are one. And as such, they share the same identity as the shepherd. The second thing I want you to notice is this, is that he is a personal shepherd, The Lord just isn't our shepherd sort of corporately in a royal group sense, but David says, he is my shepherd. Now, there are a lot of psalms that we've looked at that refer to the kind of corporate identity of Israel, right? God's people, it refers to us. But in this case, David is making a claim, a very important claim, that God is his personal shepherd, and he is God's personal sheep. God is your shepherd, and you are his sheep. Now, um, and because he's your shepherd, it says this, you shall not be in want. You shall not want. This is the type of provision that you can expect when God is your shepherd. He will provide everything that you need. Now, when I was a kid, I whined a lot. Now, this might surprise you, but I would whine anywhere if it meant that I could get my way. In the middle of the store, I mean, I am so sorry to my parents. In the middle of the store, I would say, I have to have it. I need this. And most of my life, my mother was all the way through adulthood, I might add. uh, She was still trying to teach me the difference between needs and wants. You know what I mean? She would just go, you don't need this. You want this. But what the scripture says is this, that what we need most as sheep, God provides. We will not want if we are under the care of the shepherd. 
Now, the Hebrew word that is translated shepherd in the psalm can also be translated as feeder. Not only is he your shepherd, but he is your feeder. It means that he feeds you. The Lord is my feeder. And what does he feed us most of all? What is the most abundant provision that we need? He's not primarily talking about physical food, although he does provide that. But he's talking about spiritual food. He feeds us his word. What does God primarily feed us? But the word of God. If God is your shepherd and you have aligned your life with him and you have learned to know him and to follow him and to listen to his voice, the result is you will lack nothing that you need. The Bible contains everything necessary for your salvation and your life. That's what the prayer book says. God is your shepherd and you will lack nothing. Verse number two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He he, uh, leads me beside still waters. What an image of peace. When God is your shepherd, he will bring you to such a place of provision and protection that you will find rest. He'll help you lie down in a green pasture because God is your shepherd. You can find the place of spiritual rest, of the place where you no longer have to strive. And he will lead you there. These are great images, but it's not just simply of rest. It's also about abundant provision. If you are a sheep, a green pasture is like the buffet at a Cary Hilliards. How many, raise your hand if you get that reference. All right, that means that you are local from a way back. There's a buffet. There's the only, I mean, I don't know there are Ryan's buffets anymore. Those are gone. But there still is a Carrie Hilliard's over on Sam Rittenberg. And you know, it's the place where you just keep getting more and more. You just take what you want. You just, I mean, you could have 12 pieces of pie and uh, it'd be great. No, in the arid desert, the green pasture is not only a place of rest where he makes you lie down, but it is the image of such a provision that you will never hunger again. And he leads you beside still waters. It just indicates peace. In the tumult of life, in the rat race of earning and working and searching and hungering, which, which one of us doesn't need a place of rest? Which one of us doesn't need a place of provision and protection and peace? The sheep's life The sheep's life is letting the good shepherd lead you there. And it is there where we find ultimate refreshment. Verse 3, he restores my soul. The good shepherd gives you perfect provision. He provides you perfect peace. He gives you perfect rest. It makes you want to just stop and go, I want to be with the good shepherd right now. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that the underpinning of all the things that we do in this world? Is hungering and working and striving for something that God says that he gives us freely. It's what the good shepherd wants for us and it is where he leads. The rest of verse 3, the good shepherd, 
He leads us to places of paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He is going to lead you in the right way. If you have ever said to yourself, I wish I knew where I should go. I wish I knew what I should do. I wish I understood the path that I should take. This is a promise that if you listen to God's word, if you listen for his voice, if you read the scriptures, if you seek him out in prayer, that he will lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You see, in the fields, in the hills, as a farmer, as a, a shepherd, there are lots of choices that the sheep could take, and the sheep don't know anything about anything. They'll just go wherever they want. But the shepherd, he knows which paths lead to the sheepfold, which paths lead to the good fields, which paths lead to water, which paths lead to food. This is the image, is that God will lead you as a shepherd to uh, find the paths of righteousness, the very thing we, we need most. This is how he restores our soul. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And Jesus, he lays down his life for you and for me. You can be restored. You can have your sins forgiven. You can be returned to the path of righteousness because apart from him, we can have no hope, we can have no rest, we can have no future. So we come to verse four and we're given a clear image of God's protection for us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And there are kind of two images here, the two related images. The first is this. One of the reasons Psalm 23 is read at funerals so often is because he is our good shepherd. And we have nothing to fear in physical death. He literally leads us through the valley of the shadow of death into eternal life. This is what happened when Jesus dies on the cross. He's buried in the grave and he rises again, right? He literally is going through death to bring us life. And so because he has done that, because he's the good shepherd, no matter anything you face, even death itself, you have no reason to fear. There is no evil that can have power over you because the ultimate evil is death. The ultimate evil brings death. The other image is on that point, is that we don't have to fear physical death, and if we don't have to fear physical death, then nothing we go through in this world, no valley that we walk through, no evil will overcome us. Because our God, our shepherd, is with us. Because in one hand, he's got a staff to lead us and to guide us and to help us along. And the other other hand, he has a rod to fend off our enemies. This is the type of shepherd we have. He lovingly guides and he passionately defends the sheep. And because of that, you have no reason to fear. Because God is your shepherd, you can look at him and to him and trust him in the midst of life's difficulties. So when we get to verse 5, we're going to flip to the next uh, slide, I think, uh, there's a change in scene, but not a change in the theme. All right? So he's gone from the field to a banquet table. God prepares a table for you where he will provide and protect you. 
It would easily, if you think about the Bible, it's easy to think of the eternal banquet table that Jesus talks about in the Gospels and that the book of Revelation brings up again. But what I want you to see here is that this is a temporal reference. See, God prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. In heaven, there will be no enemies. There will be no enemies in heaven. So it can't be the eternal banquet. So what, what uh, David is saying is that in this world, God provides us like a table. And even though our enemies are there, we have nothing to fear. You see, at the time, in the culture, in the context, David would be, could be sitting at a table of a guest. He would be the guest of a host. And as long as he is the guest of the host, he is under the protection of the household. So even though his enemies might be sitting there, they can't touch him lest they get retribution from the host. And what God says is that you and I are his guests at his dinner table. And because of that, we are under his protection always. This has a promise for today, not just for the future. In this world, he will provide for you spiritually and physically even though we might be in the presence of our enemies. He's providing you protection because you are the honored guest according to the customs of the day. Because God is your shepherd, you have nothing to fear. And so it is that David concludes, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The sheep's life has a promise of an incredible future. And it's made possible because God pursues you. The word that is follow here, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, could equally be translated, and many of the Bible versions do this. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life. Because God is your shepherd, because he wants you, he wants to provide you for your spiritual and physical well-being, because he knows you need guidance along the paths of righteousness, and because he knows that you need protection from your enemy, because he is good and loving and merciful, God pursues you. And if that's the type of God that we have, if this is the truth, not only for our future, but for our present, who wouldn't want to live in his house forever? And that's how David finishes Psalm 23, with a grand desire and a grand invitation from God to dwell in his house forever. Not because you've earned anything, but because of God, the shepherd's steadfast, loyal, never-ending love for you. The love that pursues you, and it pursues you some more. And then when you go off into the the, uh, uh, wrong field, he pursues you again. When you go off again and again and again, he pursues you again and again and again because he loves you. And he wants to protect you. That's the sheep's life. And the question this morning is, is it your life? Is this how you look 
at the shepherd. Is this how you look at God? Now, I don't want to assume that this comfort is everybody's. I've been to a lot of funerals, and as Psalm 23 is read, you know, so many people in the congregation are just mouthing the words because we've committed it to memory. But here's the thing. While we commit things to memory, we don't always commit it to heart. While we know it in our head, we haven't believed it in the situation that we're in. And the invitation this morning is to come and find the good shepherd. You may know him, you may be saved by him, but you may be off wandering somewhere and just to come and find the peace and the provision and the protection you need to commit that truth to your heart so that you might dwell with confidence in the house of the Lord forever. Now, there was a a set of gospel singers uh, named Bill and Gloria Gaither. I don't know if you remember them. It was way back. I see some rolling of eyes. That shows my age, too. And uh, they wrote a song that I remembered this week as I was preparing this sermon uh, about the importance of the Good Shepherd today, for the importance of Jesus. And they wrote this, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know that he holds my future And life is worth the living because he lives. Friends, whatever you face today, you can trust and follow the good shepherd. And you can face tomorrow with no fear and with a solid future. And that's the offer Jesus gives us every day to live under the good shepherd's care. Let's pray. I just want to stay there, Lord. I I want to stay under your good and loving and perfect care. And I pray that we as your people would rest there and find life there and live there. We might have the peaceful confidence in you as a loving God. And also as your people that we would serve as uh, helpers, as other shepherds to help point people to you, the true and good and faithful shepherd of the sheep. Lord, we pray this. We pray that we would know you and we would walk confidently in you. In Jesus' name, amen.